0: Hello, everyone. This is Winston. I am back with our wonderful creator of the month, Miss Dana Stringer. Hello, Dana.
1: Hello, hello, hello. I am so glad to be here this morning.
0: Yes, Yes. welcome to have you. I I was telling Dana this earlier for everyone who follows their creativity and the productivity cocktail. Dana's podcast that we did some time ago, I think was maybe right at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most popular uh, shows we've ever done. I don't know what it is, Dana. I don't oh, know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you I, I was going I'm back and looking that is- it. was like she being herself she being <laughs> authentic and the people just dig you. And I was like, that was, was fantastic. So welcome back. Welcome back. You know,
1: Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.
0: You're welcome. You know, when we were doing this a few months, just a few months ago, I always asked this question about the pandemic and how we're going through it and like how you're personally dealing with it. And as we sit here in, in 2022, I don't know if I feel as compelled to ask it anymore since we're getting to hopefully the end stage of it. Mm-hmm. But just on a general level, just how are you doing in your life? How's it going for Dana?
1: It's it's a roller coaster. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> 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 it's like you you taking the wins and the losses back to back. You know, it's like once you get excited about something, then boom, something else unexpected happens. You're like, wow, like are we gonna get off this roller coaster? And I was recently talking to um, another uh, a playwright. Um, uh the other day and we were just kind of discussing like how it seems like everything is going kind of fast yeah. and i've been like for years just on this question just to find like the rhythm of life like what yeah. what is this like steady pace where i don't feel like you know anxious oh my god like i gotta do this like i'm like all this stuff and juggling all these different things and I hear lately i've just been calling it like controlled chaos <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like um but just really trying to find the rhythm of life, and uh, you know, I feel good because I've been intentional about taking taking my you know me time and doing some self care. I do. I walk every day, so there was just walk in nature actually helps. Kind of keeps me grounded and focused. Even prayer walks. I'll I'll pray and walk, and pray and walk, and just try to, you know, clear my head of all the chaos. Uh, you know, on a on a consistent basis. So. Overall, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling optimistic, you know, uh, you know, and just trying not to be overwhelmed by everything that's going on in the world, you know, let yeah. alone in my own personal life, but just in the world in general, you know? So yeah. overall, I'm holding steady. What about you?
0: Well, I tell you, <laughs> thank you for for asking. I, I feel the same way that you do. The world has been, control chaos is the word you use or the term you use. I, I would agree with that a thousand percent most of it dana and hopefully you feel some similar to this most of it is uh, to the good you know mm-hmm. we, we know that people have been suffering through various things over you know the last several years but most of it from my perspective has been good stuff you're right you know it's like oh my gosh we got this going on this weekend we got that this next weekend we got to get us all prepared we got and and to me going back to your comment about the rhythm of life mm-hmm. I almost believe that the rhythm of life is sometimes for me to not have a rhythm. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like to to have these these moments, mm-hmm. these experience moments, and sometimes being very present. You use the word intentional,
1: like mm-hmm. being
0: really, really present in the moment, I think can be hard sometimes for us.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause our mind. Yeah, is I so I think that, that would great. You know, what's coming on at two o'clock, what's coming on at three o'clock, what's going, you know, what's yeah. going on, and I've made a, a conscious decision to just be there wherever I'm at.
1: Yeah, yeah. I love in, that. In, mm-hmm.
0: in, in, in the moment. So you are a phenomenal playwright. Dana is based here in Atlanta. She is one of my AKA sisters. She is fantastic. You know, we we we've yeah. known each other for a number of years now. I think we met through the Drama the Skill of America. Yeah. You and I mm-hmm. were at some workshop and I was like this, you know, she is, she is awesome. And I think after that we met, saw each other again at the Atlanta Black Theater Festival where I was doing mm-hmm. an interview for the wonderful uh, late Dr. Doris Derby. And- oh, yeah, yeah, and, yes. And I remember that. I was like, "Yeah, look at that. This Dana's. Once you, I said, once you see somebody twice, two times, it's time for the podcast."
1: (laughs) I think I originally, but I think I originally saw you one time in a working titles playwright, and I was like, "Oh my God, he's so distinguished looking. Like, what is he doing? Like, I'm thinking, like, (laughs) who is he?" And so I think we had like a brief little conversation, and and so yeah, so it was a it was a couple times, yeah isn't
0: that such that's a so cool thing we're like in this really small but awesome world here in atlanta where yeah organizations just, yeah yeah that are trying to do things for us as creatives and so so tell us a little bit about what's most what's coming up like in the near future for you like what's a what's a project or a thing that you have that's upcoming in the very near future for dana Whew.
1: um well, last year, a group of nine Black women um, from the South um, were commissioned by Horizon Theater. And it was called, it's called the Black Women Speak, uh, the new, I think it's called the New Georgia Woman. Uh, but it was kind of a partnership between the National New Play Network and Horizon Theater um, that commissioned like nine female, uh, nine Black female playwrights and we, um, we've been working for the past year, um, on these, um, particular pieces. So we're supposed to be at some point, I thought with August. So we're just trying to get those dates worked out. I believe i oh, uh, going really to be doing fun. public readings of that. So I'm mm-hmm. still in the process of making some, um, revisions, um, some revisions that were kind of recommended. So I'm working on that and hopefully they'll have a public reading. I'm also working on another play. Which you should you you may you will appreciate because it is definitely Greek centered. So I've got a fictional fraternity.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm so excited about that.
1: <laughs> and uh, so I'm excited about it too. I just got to finish this first draft. So <laughs> yeah, <that is laughs> I'm probably awesome. about over over three fourths of the way finished. So I got a little bit more to go, and I'm working on that. Had a couple, got a couple of um, monologues that are supposed to be read at one of the uh, True Colors Theater. They're having like an outdoor concert for a reopening of a play. I'm sorry, a re- re- reopening of a play, a reopening of a park, the Maddie Freeland Park, which oh, is yeah. downtown. Right. Yeah. So. Those are really kind of the things that I'm working on right now.
0: It's um, a, a decent amount of things there. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: and that's trust me, that's just a tip of the iceberg. I just thought I'm gonna cut it short <laughs> because there's like a lot going on.
0: That's, that's fantastic. The one with the commission work that you're doing mm-hmm. is a full plays or is it like snippet ten minutes? Yes, plays?
1: they um they they for the most part they are full length plays. Um, Mine is a one act though, but it's, it's, well, I just want to say it full length. It's a full length. I'll just say that, but there's just like no intermission, just straight, you know, so, uh, but yeah, they, they, I think they, you could do like a one act, like a shorter one act if you wanted to, but I think most of ours are all full length
0: gotcha one and you said that what is that the one in august or is the the
1: uh yes yes they on. um that is supposed to take place i'll have to you know just kind of um we, i think they just kind of plan it by ear because i think that theater is opening matter of fact i'm going to the play that opens i think it opened last night so they have a run of a show for about a month and i'm trying to you know, determine, I guess I'll be asking some questions tomorrow when I go like, you know, do what dates have they nailed down any dates for that, but it's going to be over a weekend. I believe originally it was supposed to be the first weekend in August, but I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Right. So
1: yeah, but I'll definitely keep you posted and have it posted on social media.
0: That's awesome. So let me ask you just, this is a very, um, in depth question. So sure. in regards to your writing, like what drove you to dramatic writing and to theater writing? I was sharing while you were chatting your website, and but oh, thank I, you. I would love for you to just chat a little bit about what what's been the the, the driving force, what started it, and what's keeping you going with your with your writing journey.
1: Mm, I, well, honestly, um, I think it starts with my spiritual journey because I. I was a um, member of a church when I because uh, I'm born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. I was born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky. so I remember just getting this inspiration uh, to begin to write these little skits that were um, uh, kind of illustrating different uh, different different sermons and biblical stories. and so they would actually oh, be man. performed. <laughs> <laughs> and I started getting, uh, you know, some feedback. Oh, where did you find that at? That's so funny. I'm sorry. I'm look at it. <laughs> uh, but um, so, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then I just I just said, well, maybe, you know, maybe this is something I can do. So didn't know anything really about dramatic writing. But I um, but I um, just started kind of getting books on, you know, playwriting and things like that. Um, I wanted to get better. Um, I started going to like playwriting workshops um this is after i ended up relocating to la but i started going to uh playwriting workshops that were kind of offered you know just honing on my honing the craft learning more about it um initially and this is a true story i've just recently told that i literally initially wrote a play it was a horrible play but i had the nerve to like i had w- went to see this play called the bow wow club uh, in LA, mm-hmm. and I think the playwright is Levy Lees uh, Simon is his name. He's excellent familiar to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually a really good play. But I remember having the playbill, and I just looked up who the artistic director was, and like, and I literally showed up and knocked on the door <laughs> with my play, and I was like, that true story. And this was wow. back in really like around 2006. Honestly, I'm telling oh. you, this is what I did: 2005, 2006. Knocked That's on awesome. my door. I mean, knocked on the yeah. door. Somebody came. I think they were actually in rehearsal of another play. I was like, "Can I speak to the artistic director, director, whatever?" We ended up like ta- I ended up talking to him. I was like, "I have a play. I would love you to read it." Like he was like, wow. "Okay." Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he actually he actually took it and read it. And as I as I you know I was like I was a beginner and self taught for the most part outside of the workshops. And he he didn't like it. He didn't like the title. But you know what he did? He asked me, said, "Do you have anything else?" And I did have something else. And that ended up having a production at a small theater in downtown LA. It's called Kidsman Redeemer. And uh it ran for about three weeks, I think, and yeah, three weekends, that's, should I say. And it a great
0: the first play. Yeah, that's a great Yeah,
1: run. yeah. I was really excited. Like I was really excited about that. So once I had that play bill in the end, I'm like, okay, I'm officially a playwright. Like I'm legit. <laughs> like I've had a production. And um so yeah and then but it's so crazy about that because i'm also a poet too so after that is weird i don't know what happened but i my focus got shifted to poetry and i don't think i wrote another play for like another four or five years and so that's why Mm -hmm. i say i'm such a late bloomer because uh i was so focused on poetry and i got my mfa in poetry so i was really about you know writing poems after that but something drew kept drawing me back to the stage and i kept getting these ideas and just like let me just jot this down so, yeah, so that's kind of my journey, how my journey began with uh, I,
0: never, I never thought I don't know if we've ever chatted about your poetry part of your journey, you know, you think you're the only person I know that has an MFA in poetry. Right, oh, right. Well, they call
1: it an MFA in creative writing, but the folk, <laughs> the emphasis is the MFA in creative writing. So, uh, but what, that
0: post- what, what, what why is poetry? Why has poetry been such an important part of your life?
1: It, it I think I found my voice honestly I think I found my voice through poetry and being able to express um, express myself, express some things that I've experienced and then gone through. Um, I think it uh, taught me the value of language and what's essential in communication uh, so because I'm very keen on compression and brevity. So I think with poetry you have to really pack in um, pack in an experience or a story in the most, Condensed, you know, uh, 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 form, and with the with the intention of hopefully their reader will feel something uh, and experience something. Um, so I think it just really taught me the essential the uh, the essentials of of language and the economy of words, should I say, where it's like that word every word must count. You know, get rid yes. of anything that's you know uh, superfluous or extra extraordinary. Like it's not uh, extraneous, should I say? It's not needed. So that informs my playwriting because the dialogue, like I, I can pick up on dialogue. that's like, they didn't even have to say that because we can, you know what I'm saying? So it's that's really hard. about the showing versus telling. And it really, really taught me like, you gotta show it. You gotta, that poem has got to be able to be rich in imagery, you know, powerful. So yeah, so that's, that's kind of how the poetry plays into that. That's awesome.
0: You know, when I go in and I am editing work, <clears throat> I always start with what I'm going to cut first.
1: Yeah. Versus what yeah, I'm going crazy. to add,
0: right? So people yeah. are there, right? So oh, I need to add a whole new thing. No, no usually sometimes the words themselves to so your comment, sometimes that extra sentence at the end of a dialogue piece don't need to hurt. Yeah. If you understand yeah. the whole scope of everything. And the one thing that I think that sometimes some writers do is they don't trust the audience.
1: Mm, you got to like, you've
0: got to have the exposition heavy and tell you every, every, everything. Mm-hmm. And that's not really how we communicate as people. Right. We communicate through body language. Sometimes words that are emphasized but short, to your point about brevity, mm-hmm. are more impactful than 30 sentences.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: About the same thing. Yeah. It, it, it just is. Wow. Who, who are your inspirations you mentioned the gentleman you met you know that you walked on the door and, you know, oh yeah yeah not, <laughs> so who um,
1: i think he i think he's an inspiration in that he really he originally believed in me at the very beginning and um and was willing to commit his resources uh and stuff so um yeah so i'm just kind of a lot of people in terms of in- inspiration like there's a lot of different i think they the gamut actually from visual artists to playwrights screenwriters to poets it's just a laundry list i mean i didn't know if you if you want me to be specific but yeah i have a lot i have quite a few but i can you know number one just not james Baldwin. period hands down (laughs) i can read his stuff and just be like yes and like i said right right now i got a picture of him uh, uh a picture on my wall a drawing of him but um in terms of living. Um James
0: Baldwin, uh, that's a great one.
1: Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, um poets like Jericho Brown. Um, then I, some um um who else? Some of the some of the playwrights that are just doing it right now on fire. I I really like um Dominique Marisol. I really like her work. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, I really like her work. And then um, there's, oh, goodness. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying not to just be like the whole list of people. But yeah, but a lot. And then there's local people. There's local people here that I really um, uh a Moon, he's he's been um a real inspiration to me i just think he's so brilliant and and when it comes to theater theater history just i mean and i can just listen to him and just get you know get ideas so he's important um so yeah those you know i'll cut it there but i have a i have a list of people
0: that's fantastic um here in atlanta you mentioned it when we were just chatting about what's going on here and and I haven't asked this question, I don't think, in a, in a while. But I'm always curious. It's it's a different, I think, answer than what it was 2019. Uh, and this mm. is about our community and how you feel about the community and, and what's going on around us in our city and our creative community. Uh, I would like to see if you have any thoughts about that here in Atlanta. Um,
1: I- my, largely my experience has been positive, Um, but it's kind of complex in a sense that I've, I feel like I've been embraced in a way that I didn't expect to be embraced, um, but I think it took a little time. Um, And it's almost like, you know, we, as artists, you like, you kind of get, like I you get burnt out with this idea of like, I gotta prove myself, I gotta prove myself, but mm-hmm. you, once you do and you feel like you work and establish a rapport with um let's say uh the, the community uh, some of the theaters around it's almost like you get up you become a part of this ecosystem and now they they you I kind know. of build a rapport and it's like they kind of come to you for different things like that and so that's good so you always want to continue to nurture those you always want to continue to deliver over deliver uh with things and it's not always ended up in a production but it's been other things whether it's being teaching a course or being a guest playwright or uh serving as a judge you know as um, for a monologue mm-hmm. competition and things like that but um when i say it's been a little complex is because there's also that i feel and i could be wrong <laughs> it could be if, if if there's a certain group that is like born and raised here mm-hmm. it's almost like who is this outsider like coming in and <laughs> getting these opportunities? Like we've been right. here this whole time. Like you right. know, and I'm not saying it's everybody, but I I feel like there's been a couple of instances where I felt that as well. And it's I've just like that. I've been I, yeah I've been drawn to the south for for a particular purpose and a reason. Well, back to the south because people still consider Kentucky the south. But yeah, so yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. I've gotten that as well, and it's it's interesting because you know it. All I had to take is a couple of sentences for people to know where I'm from, right? So it's not like, no oh, yeah, he's from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. No one's going to say that. Uh, but there has been that kind of weird kind of tension mm-hmm. a- a- amongst those. And it's kind of, I'm going to say the word dumb. And that was the first thing, the thing that popped mm-hmm. in my head. Because we're a black community. And most of us are in a black writing community for the most part. Ain't mm-hmm. that much of us. So why are we... <laughs> yeah. we should just be down for whatever yeah, yeah. doing. it doesn't matter like, we shouldn't even be thinking of because kind of there ain't a whole bunch of us there was, right. you know, we should be stepping up, up helping each other up the ladder versus right. pulling anyone down and, and and to your point that is a really that's a small sliver of the general positivity that I see yeah. here
1: in, in, yeah. in our community
0: it, it, it is and I would have to say that in 2022 and 23 it's going to be fun it's going to be Mm. so much going on about the first part of our conversation we talked about this controlled chaos Mm -hmm. then i had to tell it to you but i don't think it's going to go away for a minute (laughs) i think it's going to keep growing it's going to keep going up there a little bit so
1: yeah. But do you feel like I don't know if if, 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 if you thought about this but cuz I have stories. I literally have six plays that I have got to write. Like for real. Like this this is the I got the whole but I just don't have the time. <laughs> and and I'm almost like I was listening to some people talk the other day about content overload. I'm like, is there ever gonna be like? It's, it's like we have so much now between the streaming. Just so my my whole to watch list is just ridiculously long. Yeah. And then you got you got online video stuff and stuff. You just like it's just like so much coming at you. And someone's like, is there ever gonna be like like that? Like they did the dot com. Uh, the, was it the dot com bubble? Is it gonna be a creative bubble where it's like okay, boom, and then everything kind of slows back down? Because it's almost like, do you feel like? And I'm asking you questions. I'm sorry, but it's like, do you feel mm-hmm. like? It's like the, the the everything was so like because back in the day when we had the Lorraine Hansberries and August Wilsons and people like that it was almost like it was so precious because there were so few of them but now there's so many of us and it's almost like does any does any of that art loses its value? or necessity or urgency because there's so much to choose from. You can just kind of like, okay, I'll watch that later. Or, okay, well, I'll just stream that play. I won't, I won't go to the live performance, you know? So I'm yeah. just kind of thinking about those things I, as well.
0: I, I think that's a legitimate thing to think about. I, I think that there is a potential for that. And that's why you see there's even more stratification. Yeah. Like you and I probably can't keep up with the amount of streaming platforms that exist. Yeah. You no, know, not just the big ones, but the ones even for our own community. It's like, whoa, that's a lot of platforms. Only have so many five ninety-nines or nine ninety nines in my I <laughs> <laughs> Only have so many of those. And, and and I think it might have an actual boon in a in a way. Like you mentioned this thing about going to the live performance versus watching on streaming. I think that there'll be some people who say, you know, I want to go to the live performance, and where is a live performance of something? Mm-hmm. And, and and I think that that will occur, and it's happening. I, I I've seen it mm-hmm. where people like shows that people didn't know about and falls on his pack. It's not. I don't know if it's a show is fantastic, but people like yo, I got to get out. It's nice. It's warm. I got to <laughs> go somewhere. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that there's a real bubble, in, and you know, not to church, it's to business talk a lot, but I think that there is there is a potential bubble. You know, you think about the world really has like five massive sh- platforms, entertainment mm. platforms, and all inside of it, like you got like a Disney that owns a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. Right? You got a, you got Viacom, which owns Paramount, mm-hmm. a whole bunch of stuff. You got Time One that owns HBO and all this other kind of stuff. And there's all of these things that are in there. And to your point, my list is too long about <laughs> what shows to watch, what movies to watch. I get in a meeting with a bunch of friends, and I have to stop. And like write down the <laughs> movies they say they saw. Not that I can yeah. see it
1: anytime soon. Right. I, I,
0: and and I think it, it's incumbent on us, like us creators, like we have to, it's gonna be harder for us, us to find our audience. And that means it's a good mm. thing when we find them, it's gonna be trickier, in my opinion, to find them. Mm. They are, you know, because they're just like us. They like, what I gotta watch? What I'm gonna watch? Where am I gonna go? They <laughs> all of that. And finding the audience with compelling things, you know, mm-hmm. that really speaks to who we are. Like this conversation is authentic. You ask me questions. I'm asking you questions. Mm-hmm. That's an authentic experience. Mm-hmm. Finding those, I think, is going to be the treasure. Going yeah. back to your thing about Lorraine Hansberry and others where all of those things are treasure and precious. These kind of moments have to have that same sort of thing. Uh, and I, I believe that th- I, I do have that same fear that you do. Like what's what, and it's not, I hate worse than starting something and it's not great to me. Mm-hmm. Not that it's bad, it's just not my, I'm not, that's not the audience for for a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't say that anything is bad or good anymore. I just mm-hmm. don't do it. Yeah. yeah, I just don't do it because I, it, I, it doesn't make sense for me to Cause say that. Because it's subjective, it. really.
1: It's really, because one thing, something you say is not good, someone was like, oh my God, I loved it. And you're like, okay. <laughs> That's, that's right. where, That was their experience. Yeah, that's right.
0: That's right. I, you know, my sister shared with me this television show that's based in Nigeria about this law firm in Nigeria, mm-hmm. called Castle and Castle. She loves it. And mm-hmm. so she was over at the house a few weeks ago and she's like, let me turn this on. And then I'm watching and I'm getting mesmerized by this whole story about these people from Nigeria because, you know, they got same law thing, law issues, but they also got like this great story and they're talking and I love local culture. So they're talking in different languages where it's Urdu or Pidgin and they're doing all this other stuff. I was like, this, this, this show has an audience. Mm-hmm. You know, the show is based in Lagos you know, automatically. It's got a massive audience potentially. But even they might say to themselves, how many Nollywood pictures can I watch? And mm-hmm. so finding the right audience is, is harder. It's going to yeah. be harder for us. It's going, we're going to have to take a lot of thought in regards to who is the audience for the show. Instead of the, the way I grew up, and maybe you grew up the same way, was like, make this critical mask. May everybody in the world love your thing. <laughs> and if you love it, then that's the, that's the way you should be. That's the way you should market your thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that it's reversed a little bit these days. I yeah. think finding the audience and then making the core of that audience grow is what we're going to be challenged with. Mm-hmm. You know, let those people grow. Say, yo, I love Dana's thing. Yo, you got to go see it. Mm-hmm. You, you Go check it out. Don't you? I think it's got to go back to that in a way. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I can't find it on those stream pl- platforms. I couldn't find I can't find stuff. Like if you and I want to go find something right now, just arbitrary, it's going to take us a minute to do it. And you and I don't have the time to do it. And so, but finding someone to recommend, say, oh, you got to go check out Dana's thing. That is what's going to happen, in my opinion. that That's what's going to happen. And, and I wish everybody the best. I want everybody to blow up, do well. But here's the reality that I was sharing with someone 10,000 people, right? If you have an audience of 10,000 people who find a value in what you're doing and what you're trying to do, and they contribute, different word contribute a mm-hmm. hundred dollars or whatever it is you're doing you're a millionaire
1: yeah that's true
0: you know the, the tricky part is to find out ten thousand people
1: <laughs> you know mm-hmm.
0: Does everyone like what i write no and i had to learn that i certain certainly like well you know i write it you know you just hope i think you mentioned earlier you hope you're accepted by the masses and mm-hmm. that'll happen one day but it'll happen from a core not from an outside in kind of way
1: I honestly, I actually think it's impossible. I don't think that every like it's my my thinking on that has evolved in a sense where I think that um, you know, I'm writing to a particular audience and you know what, you know, asking myself, what does success look like for me? And did I accomplish what I intended to accomplish versus everybody knowing and everybody flocking? That would yeah. be nice. But no, that's not the goal and it's not how I'm measuring uh, whether I'm making a difference. Because I remember I always go back to this one story where I wrote a a short 10-minute play and it was done in Houston at a festival. And afterwards, and and, uh, and and of course, this majority of my plays do have the central character is in the LGBTQ community uh, because I don't think that there are enough of those stories that are where uh we're humanized and things like that so um um or it's, yeah based off of some type of stereotype or whatever but anyway so a man um uh came up to me and he was like I really appreciate that story I really needed to hear a story like that um you really you really he didn't say change my mind but he said you really got me reconsidering some things and rethinking and I'm just like this is what art does like it it will expose people who have one way of thinking and maybe challenge that. And so that began to change, you know, how I view what success and what accomplishment is. It's like if that one person was a one person in this crowd of maybe, I don't know, city did maybe 300 people. It's like that alone was like I went home on a high just by him coming up to me and saying that. Like, so, yeah, I have,
0: I have a similar story um, with a young man that came to a reading that I was having many, many years ago. He was a teenager. Uh, you know, you know, you can tell a teenager's face, even if they're six foot two. You can tell, you can tell a, a teenager's face. And he's like, thank you so much because I've been afraid to start writing. I've been afraid about my story, about my life. And, and, uh, and he picked up that there was, a, there was an aspect of that story that had uh, a focus on bullying in it. Mm. And so he he's like, this is great. Just help me out. Thank you so much, Mr. Wilson. He like, he like waded through people like to come and shake my hand act, tell me the story. And I said to myself, regardless, everybody said a lot of great things at the reading, but that stuck with me, sort of like how it stuck with you. I was mm-hmm. like, man, I don't know what's going to happen to that young man. I may never see him again. Right. But, but if this story had some like, just this like slight course change in his life to the good Mm -hmm. then the whole story was worth it (laughs) the whole reading was worth it
1: yeah
0: yeah you know it was just worth it because that's how human beings really i think there's this thing to say oh we communicate just by talking and chatting and drinking and eating and all
1: that no we communicate by stories as well Mm -hmm. they said i I, there was a quote i read the other day was storytelling was uh, I think like storytelling was the first, I uh, sorry, something like storytelling was the first um, means of education or something like that. And and I was like, wow, I never thought of it like that. You're like really, that's the original, so, something like story ter- storytelling is the original education or something like that. But yeah. That um, and, and if you think about it, you know, if you think about something, a story or theater or anything, a uh, book or something, that you found that that would turn to trage- trajectory of what you you know what your life was going to something that was impactful, impactful to you I'm sure that person if you went back to that person like, you know what I came to your play or I read your book and it changed my life We never mm-hmm. sometimes we don't never get that opportunity but I can pinpoint certain place I'm like oh my god this has just blown my world up like <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yes and you, you remember them so fondly but you also remember the fact that there was something about it, right? Something about the emotional connection with the mm-hmm. with the story or the event. I've had that kind of moment before. I, I'm the I'm the first one to tell people that you know there's a plenty of movie that I've sat there and, I, and I, I cried at a certain <laughs> point in the movie. You know, I don't know what it, what it was about it, or was it about me? And they found somewhere within mm-hmm. me to do it. I'm not I'm not advocating. Everyone to go make stories that make people cry. (laughs) I'm just saying (laughs) stories that connect with us directly. Mm -hmm. It's so important, and it's it's hard. It's getting. It's eight billion of us, and in my Mm. opinion, there's eight billion of us. The great thing is that being the first eight billion of us is there's enough people for everybody to like our stuff. (laughs) 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 There there is, there, there is. The tricky part is just to find where they are.
1: And I find them, and to, and to keep them, because like I said, with this kind of so much competing for uh, people's attention nowadays, and you like, you really got, there's a kind of discipline that has to happen. Like this is a group of people that are committed to theater and they will go out and support and show up time and time again and financially contribute and stuff like that. Um, because I mean, it's so weird. I can't even, my majority of my family looking at me like, you what? Poems? Theater? They look at me like, it's like, I can't mm-hmm. believe, okay, 600 people in my family and like nobody else is passionate about theater and, <laughs> like me yeah, or yeah. either, you know, they'll go yeah. see a play or something, but it's not the same type of passion and focus. So it's like, I they'll come and support me, but it's not like they going out supporting plays or saying, Dana, have you seen this play? Or Dana, have you read this book of poems? And it's yeah. just like, okay, so it's just so far, like we're we're, we're a very specially like niche <laughs> They, I mean, they
0: are yeah I have the same experience as well as far as my family's concerned, wouldn't they? Well I have to like have to explain to like my parents <laughs> like what a stage play is. Like, <laughs> I don't think either of them have physically been in one. And, the, you know, they've seen one before, like on, you know, but to them, it's like, that's not a real thing. What is that? What do you mean? I got to physically go out and go in a room, <laughs> sit in a room? Like, you mean it's like a movie, but people, they know mm-hmm. the concept of it, but they didn't know necessarily that I was involved in it. I was a late bloomer like you are, Dana. Mm-hmm. You know, I've. I've it's interesting because I found stories that I wrote 30 years ago recently.
1: Wow. Like
0: novels that I wrote 30 years ago. Wow. Yeah. You know, and I said to myself, oh, my gosh, what's going on with this? And I tell you, I had them on in a binder. This is before, you know, you could just upload them somewhere or, or keep yeah. them on a, on a file somewhere. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is great. And then I looked at it. I was like, gosh, this is so good and garbage at the same time. Because <laughs> I'm not the same writer as I was. Yeah, but, right. but I can I can feel my heart in it, though. I, I can't. Wow. Feel it. So what's what's coming you mentioned some of the things that you're involved in that's coming up in the very near future. What are some things that you would like people to know about being a creative these days? Like the challenges that you you may encounter or the things you can do to help help grow or keep yourself inspired. What are some of your thoughts on that?
1: I think for me it's like getting clarifying what it is you're doing and then why you're doing it. Because when I tell you this is not for the faint (laughs) because you'll get a lot of rejection, a lot of no's, a lot of critique uh, that doesn't sit right with you. So it's like, okay, what am I doing and why am I doing it? And then like you mentioned, even touching upon who am I doing it for your audience? uh, Just knowing who you're writing to a specific audience and these people, don't have the same platform. So almost you're like, you're responsible for getting that out there. They're depending on you. Yeah. Um, um. And I'll even, I even go as far as say ancestors are depending on you to get this out there. That's a
0: good, um, that's a good thing. I want to just stop. Yeah. Okay. That. That's okay, a sure. good comment there about ancestors. Mm-hmm. I've made this, I made this comment once in, in a large group of people, I was giving a talk. And I was sharing that, the work, the creative work that you and I and others are doing today, that is like the ancestors speaking. Yes. I, was, I, I it was very colorful. I was just like, you see all those, those areas in the back there? The ancestors are looking at us while we're doing this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They are looking at us and what we're doing. And so it's incumbent on us to just be ourselves, to be real. Because they are hoping and they're encouraging us every single moment. Mm-hmm. They're talking to mm-hmm. us across the ocean, from the bottom of the ocean, wherever they might be. Mm-hmm. They're telling us, hey, yo, Dana, Winston, you got, you guys got to keep going. Yep. You cannot slow up. You can't be afraid. You're going to get rejection. And all the rejection is doing is fine-tuning your
1: audience. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because always. think of all the think of all the stories that were never told of by the people that are you know um, our ancestors who didn't know how to write didn't know how to read you know and they had stories you know and that's, that's and that's right. why I never. I never have to create a character, and I say that, and I, not to get off the subject, but they usually just come to me, like the, and I start writing. Okay, who's this correct character? I get their voice, I get the cadence, I get everything. And they start okay.
0: doing it. They start. They start like writing
1: themselves. Yeah, you're like a vehicle. So I would just say, you know, embrace that. Um, you know. Um, you know. Uh, whatever whatever art form you're in whether it's visual art whether it's music whether it's songwriting wh- whether it's playwriting screenwriting it's like just immerse yourself in that world you know um, and it's okay not to be the smartest person in the room. Sometimes, I mean, I think I, I learned a lot by just like going and just sitting and listening to smart people talking. Like, okay, let yeah. me just listen to what they saying. because I. <laughs> and that was in the very early stages, so make well, make sure you, you get, get your
0: characters from there too, right? I get huh? I get characters from people. Yeah, from people, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. God, yeah. Sounds like a character in the story. Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man. Absolutely. And then, you know, don't be afraid to take a risk and do something that's nobody doing. Like, yes, so many fresh ideas. And that's what I I'm I'm clamoring for and trying to get still. It's like, what's fresh? What can I do that nobody else is doing? And tell a a story in a different way. It doesn't have to be linear. It could, you know, it, you could flashbacks, all these different things. Um, you know, so just take those kind of risks and and be willing to do something out of the box. Um so, yeah, so those are some of the things that, uh, you know, I, I think I would, I would kind of emphasize uh, on your journey, definitely, for, for creatives.
0: That is awesome. You said something there that links to something that we're doing. So, for those of you who are out there, Kiana's Voice is coming up at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And Kiana's Voice is a program and an award that we're giving to a creative that exists. Mm-hmm. So the Rising Tides charity will be donating to a person uh, a creative suite of technology as well as the business and creative acumen of all of the lead, or the team members. So please donate to that. Our goal is to raise five thousand dollars to that cause. I'm so excited about the progress we've made. Mm-hmm. We're we're a little over twenty five percent of the way there. So I'm mm-hmm. as of this talk here. <laughs> so whenever <laughs> you're listening to this, hopefully we're hundred percent there and kiana's voice came from all of the things that we were just talking about here dana and so kiana roche was um and is my niece many many years ago she she left us too early she left us when she was in her 20s -mm. Um, she decided she didn't want to be here anymore so she made that decision and then when she wasn't here what we found is that she had this treasure trove back to the word treasure of mm-hmm. creative work that she had done that the world didn't get to see. Wow. And there are many people who are out there, like the young man that we I talked about earlier, that the person you talked about, Dana, that got impacted by or gets impacted by the creative work that we do. And we are focused on making sure that there's someone out there that they don't have to say to themselves, I want to do it, but I don't have something to write with. I, I want to be a photographer, but I? you know I can't afford a camera I can't even afford a phone. Mm. We, we want to make sure that one person at a time mm. gets that opportunity to do that And so there are different ways to donate I put them here in the ticket you see them at the kiana'svoice.org. Mm. you can also if you know somebody who would be a good recipient of that, please um, put their name in for it. Um, mm. you can also go in cash app and we had a QR code there. those who would like to to scan it on your phone and you can donate directly uh dana i love that (laughs) it's been so awesome to have you back with us oh my gosh this has been such a great way to kick off (laughs) this day oh my i'm so excited i got like three other meetings of the day they're gonna be like why are you so excited I might tell them to you. Nobody, uh,
1: there's no choice. There's, I don't. I was like, I never had a choice to not be authentic with you because you just have this way about you. Like, okay, be real. Like, so I love it. I love it that I can just. There's not that stress of like, oh my god, I gotta have the perfect answer. But with you, I'm just like, okay, I'm just talking to my my brother. Thank you. Thank
0: you. That's <laughs> exactly how I hope that it happens because, you know, life is too short, man. Mm-hmm. Everybody that we know and that we dig, we should just. Figure out how to help them, how to be around them, how to be the audience for them. We should just, you know, I tell people all the time like, if you were beefing with your cousin about something that happened in 1999, like, stupid. Like, don't do that. Life is not worth it. Too short. The the, the 2020 and 21, and to a less extent, too, tells us that life is too short.
1: Very, absolutely. Beefing
0: with People about anything mm-hmm. just but so then i put up your website here as far as a way for people to check oh, you cool. out what are okay. some other ways that people if they want to connect with you that they could do that
1: what are some of the other ways they could connect with you i am on listen let me try to remember i'm i'm on twitter and i think that's at dana l stringer uh, i rarely tweet though <laughs> <laughs> on like every blue moon. So that's not you but I'm on uh, Instagram as well. And I want to say that's at, I can't even remember string. I think it's uh the string at D-A-S-T-R-I-N-G. So I'm on Instagram and uh, yeah. And then I'm always, um you know, available inbox me through Facebook or whatever Um for creatives. Uh, I have resources. I mean, point people in directions if they want to do, you know, get it more into writing for stage or poetry or things like that. So, yeah.
0: That's awesome. And so I'm going to leave it to you. So there's people we've been doing the creativity slash productivity cocktail for over two years now. And we have people who have listened to this podcast all over the world. And so I'd like for you to share any comments you would want to share about continuing on their personal creative journey. Those who are listening to us or anything you might want to to leave the audience with?
1: Um, I would just say like um, the importance of developing a, um, a creative practice, you know, be intentional about setting aside time, because like I said earlier, there's so many things pulling our attention away from what we should be doing. And, um, you know, I've always heard, heard, go to the grave empty. So, you know, Ooh. pour it all out. Don't be afraid to get it out on out on the page, whatever that looks like or on a canvas, whatever that looks like. Just uh, just do it. Like like Winston was saying, time, you know, time is of the essence. Life is very short. And so just do it. Do it. I got that. I
0: don't don't know who told you that, Dana, but I'm going to be saying that for the next several going to the grave empty.
1: empty. (laughs) <laughs> you left it out here, right?
0: Pour it all, it all out. Pour it out into others. Pour it out into your work. Yeah. Going to the grave empty. I, I don't know if that's... If someone doesn't have that uh, copyrighted somewhere, I'm going to put it on my <laughs> email tagline. <laughs> so, as as always, so wonderful to have you, Dana. Thank Please, you so much. It's been awesome. Everyone out there, reach out to Dana. Please make sure you're connecting with her. She's one of the most phenomenal creatives that i know and for the rest of you thank you you're welcome and for the rest of you out there keep being yourself you are a masterpiece when you woke up this morning everything that you do is just putting a little brushstroke on the masterpiece that you have
1: awesome
0: so this is with creativity cocktail talk to you all soon